Amen. 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 The power. Amen. Hallelujah. I know what you're thinking. That's that God that preached on top. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what our message is about today. But, being you brought it up. It's a great uh, honor to give to the Lord in the fact. And uh, we have a, a really good teaching on that <clears throat> on our website. And I happen to know about it because I shared it before. Uh, it's called uh, Should Christians Pay Tithe? And uh, you need to, if you haven't had the opportunity to uh, hear that message, you need to. Amen? Amen? Because it's a privilege. It's not, it's a sacrifice, but it tells us and it tells God how much we trust Him. Because when we give to God, we cannot give God. Uh, <clears throat> but when we give to God, we're sharing something and we sacrifice. We may have to make a sacrifice beyond that. Now, that's enough about that. Have a little bit of rain up here, is it me? Okay. Uh, Mike Hutchison preached a message this Wednesday. And then again, if you didn't hear that, you really need to. Uh, and it was about fellowship. And fellowship is a tremendous thing. And it's something that we really, and the Bible tells us not to forsake the gathering. Yeah. But the fellowship, it, it helps us stay focused. It helps us to stay, fellowship with one another helps us to stay on fire for God. It's like <clears throat> embers in a fireplace. You know? When, the, when, when you start the fire, it's all raging and, you know, and we're all excited and everything is happening. And then when it kind of burns down and the only thing that's left is the embers. Well, it's still fire, and it's still hot. But if you take one ember, one coal out of that fire and set it on the hearth, the rest of them will stay warm, but stay hot, stay fired up. But this one will grow cold. And that's what fellowship does for you. And that was a great message. And today's message, and today is March the 3rd, 2013, I almost said 1913. 2013. <laughs> but no, not quite that. <laughs> but the title of the message today is Making Room for God. Amen? Amen. And it's going to talk about our fellowship with God. <clears throat> and the message comes from 2 Kings. We're we'll starting verse 8. <clears throat> and it's about the Shunammite woman. One day Elijah went to Shunam, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Now you see that word well-to-do? I'm so glad that's in there. <clears throat> Because it, it sounds like something that would have come straight from South Louisiana. You know, you're so weird to do. <laughs> yeah? 
but it means the same thing. And, and this scripture is significant. Uh, the, in the Old Testament, there are many shadows and types of what we go through in the New Testament. The Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed, and the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. What do you mean? I mean that the things that they fought, the battles that they fought, the enemies and the circumstances that they went through in the Old Testament, in the physical, we fight in the spiritual. Amen. That makes sense? <clears throat> well, this is a shadow and type of, uh, of the church relationship with God. As Elijah is called the uh, man of God here, and to be the type of the shadow of God to us. So the significance about the well-to-do woman would be, we know a scripture, and we're all familiar with it, that it's easier, it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man. And we see that when the rich young man came to Jesus and Jesus offered him uh, salvation and to follow him. But his circumstances was that he had to give up everything that he owned. And the Bible says that he had a lot. And he didn't want to give that up. But this scripture tells us that this woman is well to do and is telling us that a camel can't pass through the eye That it is possible for somebody that's well to do to serve God. <clears throat> you see, there's so much in the Old Testament that we just overlook when we read it that can explain what God tells us, even in the New Testament. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so she's well to do. But it tells us more than that. Uh, in verse 8, we see that, it, that the woman went to the man of God and she invited him into a house. And that's the way we are as Christians. As we are drawn or God or to attention and, and as we come to God and we invite him into our life, okay? And then we fellowship with God. So if we look down in verse 9, she did much more than that. She said to her husband, I know that this this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. Then he can stay, he can stay there when he comes our way. Now, <clears throat> She made a roof, I mean a room, 
that, that the man of God, or in this case we're talking about the shadow of God, the type of God, that whenever God comes away, comes to visit, she made a room where she could meet with God. Now, the Bible talked about us going into our prayer room and our prayer closet. Okay? Now, she could have made a room to meet with God. She was well-to-do, so I'm sure she had a large house. She could have made it in the living room or in an extra bedroom or in a corner of the, the foyer that comes into the house. Where whenever she wanted to meet with God, she could just wave at him or just stop by God, how you doing? Here's my list I need today. Right? So when we make our room, our place that we meet with God, where is it in your life? You know, I know most of you in here, and most of you either live in a house or or an apartment, or you live in a building with a roof on it. Now I'm asking you a question. Have you been on your roof lately? Think about it. Why not? Because it's not too convenient, and it's not real comfortable when you get up there, right? So what this is telling us that <clears throat> when she built a room to meet God, she built it where it wasn't convenient to her that she had to make a sacrifice, make a constant effort to go to the place where she meets God. What does this mean to us? When we meet God in our prayer closet, is it at our convenience, 15 minutes before we walk out of the door for work? Hello? You know, <clears throat> I, I talked, I was telling Joel, um, she said, you don't have to study but an hour for this message. And um, I said, well, I preach it to myself every day. <laughs> but today, it's going to be you. Now look at your neighbor and say, this message is for me. <clears throat> because God doesn't want us to meet him just when it's convenient to us. God wants us, or he delights when we do, go out of our way and make a constant, conscious effort to meet him. Amen? Amen. In the secret place. In the special place. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> um, Now, let's look at what she, what she put in the room. Are we still here? Amen. She put a table and chair. She put a bed and a lamp. Now, that's common. They all have that in every room, right? But now that you think about it this way, what she didn't put in the room, she didn't put a refrigerator, well, when he came up there, he could just get her leftovers. 
She didn't put a microwave in there. And she said to God, just come on in and make yourself at home. You need anything, there it is. No, she put a table. That she had to make something with her own hands to sacrifice to God. She put a lamp that she had made sure that it was filled with oil and the wick was clean. She put a bed. She didn't put a closet where she said, okay, Lord, if the sheets are dirty, there's some in the closet. No. She put it in a place that she had to go and change the linen and keep up the room. And she put it in an out-of-way place on her roof where it wasn't easy to access for her. <clears throat> where is the room in your life? In the place, in the time that you meet with God? Come on. Yes, tell us. Y'all gotta help me out here. Amen, I preach it to myself enough. <clears throat> yeah. We're going to make a sacrifice. <clears throat> now, let's look at verse 11. And we, it says that one day Elijah came and went up in his room and laid down there. He must have felt pretty comfortable going there. Right? But what is this telling us? And we think about the scripture, there's so much in the Old Testament that, I, I mean, I really enjoy the Old Testament because of how rich it is. This is one of those scriptures. It says that one day, Elijah, we're talking about the man of God, came, went up to his room and laid down there. Where is it? The roof. And what it shows us is that when you're obedient to God and you serve God and you sacrifice to God, the very presence of God came to rest on the roof of the child of God. It's not a coincidence that he was there. It was by her actions and her faith that he was there. Verse 12. He said to his servant, Gehazi, call the Shunammite. Now I find this fascinating. There's probably more than one woman in Shunam. She wasn't just a Shunammite. Okay? And she doesn't have a name in this scripture, but God knows who you are. When you invite him into your life, he said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and she stood before him. And Elijah said to him, Now that's significant. Elijah said to him, Tell her, You have gone through all this for us, all this trouble for us. Now, what can, we do, what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she replied, No, 
I have a home among my people. <clears throat> now, this was a test of this woman, as we would say, a test that God would put before us. That God knew, or in this case, the man of God knew and appreciated what the woman had done. She invited him into her life, and we do, as we invite Christ into our life. She went out of her way to make a room to meet God and develop a relationship with God. But here's the test. The test is to find out what the motive was it just for to, to see what she would get out of it? Is that why people are serving God? Some people do. You ever heard somebody say, well, I tried that. Didn't work. I prayed. I said some prayers. Didn't work. But they were serving God out of their wants. Amen. And selfish. And not out of the desire and love for God. So that test... <clears throat> And she passed the test, just like Solomon. When God tested Solomon, he asked him uh, the same question. What do you want? What can I do for you? And Solomon said he just needed wisdom. And God was delighted with that. Because we could have asked for anything. But because you asked for wisdom, he gave him greater wisdom than any man has ever known. Even today. But the thing is, is significant about this, or great about this, is that it's, it's even more. Is that <clears throat> after this, Elijah says in verse 14, it says, then, What can be done for her, Elijah asked? Gehazi said, Well, she, she had no son, and her husband is old. Now, <clears throat> She didn't ask the man for this. She didn't ask the man of God. Well, I'm a, I'm a child. That's why I built all of this to relate to you. Why I wanted to get close to you. I need this. She didn't say that. She said she had everything she needed. But this right here, this scripture tells us, is that, well, she had no son, and her husband is old. And Matthew 6, 8 tells us that God knows what you need, even before you ask. Amen? Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> so God knew that. And I want you to look at when, when he put the test before her, Gehazi was the one that spoke to her. But in verse 15, when he called her, verse 15 says, Then Elijah said, Call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. And he says, in about this time, next year, Elijah said, you will hold a son in your home. And no, my Lord, she objected, don't mislead me, your servant, O man of God. But look at the difference here. When he called her, to give the test, he spoke to Gehazi. But when you pass the test, you get God's attention. 
You touch the very heart of God when you know that your motive is right. When you know that your heart is right. When you know that you're seeking Him because you love Him and not because of what you want or what you need. And when you get God's attention, He blessed you. And He knows what you need even before you ask. <clears throat> but He spoke to her in person. Amen? Amen. That makes a tremendous difference. Now, if she had not gone through all of that, maybe she never would have had some. Um, Now she was given a son, a child. Because of her relationship with God, and not because of her asking and demanding God. Maybe we need to think about this when we put together our Christmas. Huh? Or what we want, or what we think we need from God. We're more concerned about what it is we want or what we need when we pray for something than our relationship with God. When that's all we really need. Amen? Amen. Amen. Am I boring you guys? Family, 
entrees. It's, it's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because they know that they'll, they'll never see that love them on the other side. Well, we can be comforted in knowing where someone is because of their relationship with God. Amen. 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 But she didn't have that problem. <laughs> she didn't have that problem because she knew where to bring her, her tragedy, her problems. So she called her husband <clears throat> and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly in return. Now this is a husband. Now he says, wow, go to him today. Um, he asked, it's not the new moon or it's not uh, the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. Now, when you go through this trial in your life, and I know people who are, you're going through these situations in your life, uh, and you have a relationship and you're trying to stand on the Word of God, you're trying to believe the Word of God, who is it that comes in and try to uh, talk, you, talk against your faith? Man, why are you going to do that? That's not practical. Yeah. Never heard that? <clears throat> you know, she acted on the faith <coughs> that she had in God because of the relationship Amen. she had with God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> now, the one that tried to talk her out of that, in the end, and I it's always a family member or someone we know, or a neighbor, or somebody that's close to us. But <clears throat> this guy, he evidently didn't have, it was her husband, he evidently didn't have the same relationship with God. <coughs> You can see that, that can't. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, Lead on and don't, don't slow down um, for me unless I tell you. So she, she uh, set out and came to the man of God on Mount, Mount Corn. When he saw her at a distance, the man of God said to his servant, Hey, he said, Look, there's a Shunammite. Run and meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Uh, is your child all right? And her answer was, everything is all right, she said. Now, this takes faith. And you can't get that faith until, unless you spent time with God. Yes. Amen? This is the same faith that Abraham had when he went up on the mountain to offer his son as a sacrifice. And he told these guys, y'all wait here and said, we're going to come back. That's the same faith. That's the same faith that we need in God. Amen? He said everything is alright. Now, another thing is her relationship with God, um, in verse 25, it said that when he saw her at a distance, the man of God said, that the Shunammite. 
Are you close enough? Is your relationship close enough for God that He can recognize you at a distance? Come on. Come on. Verse 27. When she reached the man of God at the, the mountain, she took hold of his feet. The hazer came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me, and he has not told me why. <clears throat> and she said, did I ask for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, do not raise my hopes? Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak and, and into your belt and take my staff. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet them. If anyone greets you, do not answer them. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Now, Gehazi, he took off. But the Tunamite woman, with her faith, she wouldn't let go. And she says, in verse 30, she says, but the, but the child mother says, as sure as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and he followed her. So this is what faith, what God is looking for in us. You know, I'm from the country, South Louisiana. We eat turtles, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a snapper turtle, even if you take his head off and separate it from his body, he'll still run. He can break a stick in half. And he won't let go until you fry fall. That's the kind of faith God wants from you. Amen. Amen. Right here, she grabbed hold, and she wasn't letting go until she got what she needed from God. Amen? Amen. So, hey, let's read the story. I'm doing all right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. Gehazi, he must have been fast, went back and met Elijah and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elijah reached the house, <clears throat> there was the boy laying dead on the couch. When he went in, he shut the door uh, on the two of them and prayed. Verse 34. <clears throat> then he got on the bed and laid upon the board, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. As he stretched out himself upon the, him, the boy's body grew warm. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth. And then he got on the bed and stretched himself out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. 
Now look at this. When she came, he said, it's Elijah said, take your son. She came and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son. So many times when we get in a crisis and we get pray through something and God answers our prayer and we get a, a, what we need from God, first thing we do is take that thing and run and we wait or we hand God the, the list for our next uh, project on the way back. We see this when Jesus prayed for ten lepers, but there wasn't but one of them that came back. <clears throat> but the first thing she did was she bowed down Amen. and she thanked him for what God had done in her life. You know, when we go through these tragedies, you know, we wonder, why in the world, God, I had to go through that? When we're going through and we can't see and we, we question God and we wonder, well, why am I going through this? What am I going to get? What, what can you possibly get out of having all this on me, all this tragedy, this hardship on me? How can this bless you, God? But it builds up our faith when we go through a trial. We come out stronger on the other side. We come out more obedient to the word of God on the other side. And if you turn with me in uh, chapter 8, 2 Kings chapter 8, we'll start in the first verse. Now, Elijah said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, go away with your family and stay for a while wherever you can. Because the Lord had decreed a famine in the land, and it will last seven years. Uh, the woman proceeded to do as the man of God said. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. If you didn't have a relationship with God, if you didn't make room in your life to develop a relationship with God, and you didn't serve God every day of your life, and if you had not gone through these tragedies in your life that built character, that built faith, and your relationship with God, would you be obedient when he tells you to leave everything behind you? And go away, God. Would you do that? Would you know to do it? Would you think to do it? Or would you let your family talk you out of it? Like they tried to talk you out of it before. You don't need to meet the man of God. It's not kind to go with the man of God. What they said. But you didn't listen then. So they didn't wait the time this time. Right? But there's some there's more truth than that. By the faithfulness of this woman, her whole family was spared for possibly death to the family. Amen? Amen? And her husband got smart too. <laughs> Amen. 
great thing is this, and we'll we'll keep on. Um, verse three. At the end of the seven years, she came back from the land of the Philistines and went to the king to beg her house and her land. The king was talking to Gehazi. We know him. And the, ser the servant of the man of God. And he said, tell me about the great things Elijah had done. <clears throat> Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elijah restored the death, the life, the woman whose son Elijah had uh, brought back to life came to beg to the king and the house for her land. For her house and her land. That was just a call after that. You know, there's, a, there's a, something I realized about walking with God is that he's never heard of us. And he's very seldom on our time schedule. Right? I'm a scheduler, plan. that's what I do. But I don't try to schedule God. <laughs> But he never left. Right? And had she not built room for God, had she not built this relationship with God and been obedient with God, maybe she wouldn't have been spared from this thing. And surely, all things would not have been restored to her by the king. <clears throat> so, Gehazi said, this is the woman, my lord, the king. And this is her son, whom Elijah restored to life. The king asked the woman about it, and she him. And the king knew that she was a woman of God by what? The word of her testimony. Then he assigned an official to her case and said to him, Give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land from the day. You know, when God restores you, He restores you to a greater place than you were. Amen. 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 So stand to you.